Good evening, everybody. This is Barbara with Cannon Girl Speaks Podcast, and uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to. On tonight, um, I'm, I'm bringing back uh, Dr. Rogers. I wanted to bring him back so that we could get an update, have an update conversation about what's going on with uh, COVID-19 and what's going on within our state and also within our community. So, Dr. Rogers, thank you so much for, you know, coming back. If you can tell the listening audience, you know, what's going on with COVID, what's going on with the vaccine testing, and just the numbers that are rising, just any, anything that, that, that can help the listening audience to prepare for this upcoming um, holiday season and gathering. So anything that you can offer to help us with this um, crisis. Okay, Barbara, well, I'll, I'll take off right where you suggested. We're in very perilous waters at this point. We're in uh, another surge that has superseded all the previous surges, and we're seeing national daily new case rates that literally are at 135, almost 140,000 new cases a day. In the very first 10 days of November, we had over 1 million new cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. So, and unfortunately, getting closer to home, the great Lone Star State is the leading uh, total case producer of COVID-19 in the U.S. Much of what happened in the past is, of course, it's history and interesting, but what's happening in the previous two weeks is really what predicts what's going to happen in the local hospital and the uh, in terms of local ICU bed consumption, et cetera. We've all kind of learned that flow rate. So about two weeks after a new case is reported, you will have started to see the impact on the hospital. So as the new cases are rising, hospital admissions are going to rise. ICU admissions are going to rise. And a couple of weeks after that, so like a month from now, today's new cases will be possibly contributing to the mortality rate. So these are serious when you see things rising with a virus that, that spreads from one person to more than another person, you're actually witnessing exponential rise so that the rate of growth starts increasing. The, the steepness of the curve gets steeper and steeper. And so you're sort of building up momentum in a way that really continues to the ropes. And that, that's what we're seeing right now. And it's, it's uh, of course, very, very concerning to each one of us. And uh, so that's where we're headed. Locally, the county has been rising so we reached our lowest count at 7.9 new cases per day. So that would be basically about 16 per 100,000 since we're a 50,000 county. Then it began to rise at 10.4, then 13, last week 14.7. And so far, the first two days of this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, it's been quite high. So. It's not a surprise. This is what we're seeing all around us and in North Texas. It's just 
the question comes, what can we do? Because we know what this is going to lead to if we don't get it turned around. Our hospital will be full. We'll be forced to take severe measures and start doing economic shutdown, which none of us can afford. We saw what it did before. Yeah. So that's where we are. So um, as as we're getting ready to approach the holiday season, what can you tell the families that are getting ready to try to, you know, get together, or, you know, get together to have, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas? Do you do you suggest that everybody maybe get a, you know, a test, you know, just to make sure that nobody's, you know, going to be a carrier of, you know, COVID nineteen? Okay, that's a interesting ploy, and uh, I mean, the thing is, we we see, you know, our sports teams are doing that, and yet. You know, right after the Dallas-Pittsburgh game, we found out the Pittsburgh people, players had the virus. Uh, oh, wow. So their screening didn't work. And the reason the screening didn't work is it only tells you that right at that point, you're, you know, we can't detect it, but it doesn't mean you don't have any within you that you weren't exposed and you might get sick later. I mean, all of us have heard about our friends you know, playing cards with or riding in a golf cart with or meeting with or lunching with someone who then the next day calls and says, you know, I woke up sick this morning and I had a fever and I went to the doctor and I got tested that positive. I need to let you know. That is really bad news because now you're a contact. Yeah. And you've got a quarantine for 14 days, which most of us really don't want to hear that news. And Yeah. Uh, so it makes us look back and say, hey, could I have done something different? Maybe sat back further and worn a mask and all these things. And so that brings me to the great point. What do you do to prevent transmission? And you have to stay more than six feet back from someone, and you need to have both of you wearing a mask. Then you're significantly protected, not 100%, of course, depending on how long you're around them, but it really, really reduces risk. And the CDC just came out this week with boosting their recommendations and you know reviewing some of the research articles that show that the mask protects the one who's wearing it quite a bit. And of course, it's mainly designed to protect everyone else so you don't spew the virus out on them. Which you wouldn't do on purpose, of course. You Hopefully you'd go home and stay home if you had fever and cough and lost your taste and smell. But so many of us can have the virus and not know it. Asymptomatic or we're in that three days before that next day when we wake up and got the fever and we're sick. Well, we could be spreading it those three days before and not have known it. So we have to assume everybody around us has the virus and mask up and stand back. So you asked me specifically about the holiday. So the more you're outside, the more the rooms are ventilated, the fewer the people you are, the further back you stay, and the more of the time that you're masking all reduce risk. If you want no risk because, you know, there's just someone there that couldn't possibly survive catching the virus, you have to cancel this and defer it next year. That's yeah. that's pretty rough. Dr. Fauci 
shared that he was not going to have his, his three children who were living in different parts of the country go through the airport, drive a rental car to his house, and spend that wonderful time they were going to sacrifice. I'm not asking everyone to completely sacrifice. I'm asking you to go back to what I said earlier, which is try to construct this thing so that you're further apart, that you're wearing masks, and that's hard to do with family. It's you know hard yeah. to do that at a funeral, at a holiday party. So some of them need to be postponed, or at least you know if you've got like five different sources of people coming in that from different places, that's the problem. That's what I like to define as college. Yeah. So that's why that's been such a hot box. Yeah. And it's whenever many people from different places come together especially in a wonderful moment like, you know, family holiday get-together, the spread is immense. And uh, much much of the spread is in families in our county and elsewhere because we get real close to each other and we drop our guard. So we have to think about it before we do it. And I really would urge everybody to really think twice, okay, we'll, we'll do one or the other or some sort of negotiate the thing down to where you're safer and yeah. that's all I can ask I mean I'm in the same boat uh, as everybody else and you know exactly how we're going to pull it off I'm not sure but it's going to be focused on those things I just mentioned if so what about it at all so what about I, like I'll, the, I'll mention testing testing was a good question so yeah testing. yes if you're if you're if you're like about the same way they test you to go into the hospital or do any of these other things Yes, it does make a difference if you screen out unsuspected positive people right before you get together. That yeah. definitely cuts down your risk. And that's yeah. probably something we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and you can get that. I'll just repeat to everybody, every Saturday and Sunday, free testing at the Cook Center, Navarro College. I've been going every other week because of my nursing home role and my wife yeah. trying to get into the nursing home to visit. So every two weeks we've gone, the time of getting the answer has dropped. First it was 36 hours, and about a week and a half ago, it was 24 hours when we got our yeah. negative results back. Yeah, I've, so, I've actually, I've actually um, gone twice, and I'm going to go again a third time just because of, you know, the type of work that I do. So um, absolutely, I just, just go ahead and go. And like you said, yeah. it's free. It's free. So um, how close are we? How close are we to a vaccine? How close are we to the vaccine? Very good, very good question. Of course, that's you know that's what's uplifting all of us. So we've got five companies that are working on a vaccine in the U.S. that are in what's called phase three, the big trial that leads to uh, approval if it shows effectiveness. So one of them reported early data the way. The first company came out, had set up their study. They had 44,000 in the trial, so 22,000 getting placebo, 22,000 getting the vaccine, which was repeated three weeks after the first shot. So they, their statistical modeling said that if they could end the study as soon as 164 people had provable cases. So they saw, they decided they were going to report some early data 
they couldn't report it, but the independent people who are watching the knowledge know who who has the virus, who got the vaccine, and who got placebo. They were going to do it at, at 64. Well, by the time they really got it all set out, 94 people had already caught, caught COVID-19. And with that 94 cases, it was 90% effective. Okay. Oh, wow. So, unfortunately, the virus is pretty active now, so they'll get to that 164 pretty soon, and they expect to ask for emergency approval uh, at the by the end of this month which is really, it may even be next week when they're able to ask for this. And they will have vastly exceeded the, the requirement, which was 50% protection. They're reporting 90%. That's not unbelievable because the Russians are reporting 92%. So apparently you can make a vaccine to this thing. Mm, and okay. so far, the complications, uh, they'll have to, you know, they're waiting they have to do a two-month study after the shot to be sure there are no complications that they have to report to the FDA. Right in behind that, Pfizer is going to come Moderna, which is also an American company, which is really purely American. The Pfizer one is one is a German-American combination. So they're already producing vaccine because of the we taxpayers have prepaid and guaranteed they're going to get paid for what they make, whether they get approved or not. So they were free to go ahead and start making. And so we'll start seeing vaccinations occur in the super target area in late December, I believe, maybe the last 10 days. So that'll be the, you know, the EMTs and the nurses and the ER people. And then they'll just spread out from that to involve the really vulnerable, the nursing yeah. patients. And then they'll, They'll get regular people who are, you know, have a lot of comorbidities who are at risk. And it'll be done like Texas is 10% of the country. We'll get 10% of the vaccine. And we've already done tabletop exercises on how we're going to distribute it and then who's going to give it. You've got to be able to have access to the, to the, to the computer system that records all this because some of the vaccines require a second shot. And everybody's going to need to know, you know, if you've had it or not, et cetera. So, yeah. so it will get going. Now, when will normal person get it? it? I mean, it'll take January, February, March to get all the super needed. And then April, May, and June will sort of get everybody. Because by then, the vaccine will be pouring out. And then some of the vaccines will just be requiring refrigeration, I, I predict or that's what we're told. And, of course, that won't take as much logistical magic. This wonderful news from Pfizer, remember, it's tied to a vaccine that has to be kept at minus 80 centigrade. Minus 80, so that's dry ice the whole way. Everybody that's wow. ordered a lobster from Maine knows it doesn't always look good when it gets here. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to go. I'm nervous. But we there is hope coming. The cavalry is coming, I'm pretty sure, with this vaccine. But we've got to do several more months of protection ourselves until we get herd immunity, which occurs in about 60 to 65% of the population. We're only 10% immune now, so we've got a long way to go before this thing stops spreading like wildfire. But there is hope, and that's why it's reasonable to say, okay, let's don't do this this year, because we know we'll be able to do it next fall and next yeah. Christmas. So let's at least cut down on what we're doing 
so we don't all get in so much trouble. So, well, Doctor, well, Doctor Rogers, uh, is there anything that you just want to, you know, just tell those that are listening as far as just any any advice, you know, so that, you know, coming from you, you know, you're our, you know, our, you are our county health doctor, and you you have a wealth of a wealth of knowledge, and so can you just please tell those that are listening how important it is to wear a mask, social distance. I mean, how important it is, especially because the numbers are increasing. So, Barbara, you served for years on our school board, and you serve because of what you call our babies, and you say it with such passion, but that's why we have to wear the mask. We have to keep our babies in school. We can see how difficult it is for them to learn from home. We've got to keep it safe for them, and we've already seen a few districts have to close for a while, so when people go through the labor of putting that mask on and standing back, they're saving our children's future. That's the way I look at it. And then secondarily, they're protecting us from an economic shutdown that is gonna cause a lot more damage to our children. They're the ones who suffer from this virus, even though they don't get sick, their lives are, are really harmed by this virus. That's our responsibility to the next generation. That's the way I look at wearing this mask. I'm trying to protect our next generation. generation. I know the 90-year-olds are, you know, they could die and all that. That's important. But the most important thing in any society is to do a really good job with your children. And yes. that's what you're doing when you wear a mask and stand back and don't have the big party. It's hard to say to do that, but it's worth yeah. it. It's yeah. worth it. We yeah. must do it. So that's what I encourage everybody to do. Hold down on the congregating and wear a mask at all times outside of your home. And demand that of others. And I'm gonna, I'm not, I can't reveal, but I'm gonna go on a difficult mission tomorrow because of a place that has changed its strategy and is not requiring masking. And Barbara, I'm gonna speak up. I realize yeah, that. that supposed to because of my health authority, but you're a citizen. Other people who are listening to me are free citizens of this country. We have to do a little bit more than just block our own man, and we need to speak up and encourage those other people who are lagging and not wearing and tell them it's for our babies. Yeah. I'm speaking for Barbara Kelly when I say that. <laughs> well, Dr. Rogers, I know that you're, um, you have another engagement, so I wanted to, to thank you so much for you know, accepting, you know, the invitation to be on the, the, the Can I Go Speak podcast again and just updating us on what's going on uh, with, regarding COVID-19. And so um, thank you so much uh, again and uh, just be safe. And uh, to my listening audience, um, take, you know, take what Dr. Rogers is saying. Um, he is, you know, passionate about what he does. He's a, uh, a, a seasoned doctor and um, we trust, I trust what he says. And so, like he says, please wear a mask, social distance, you know, wash your hands. And it is about our babies. It, it is about the future. And so if you can think like that, you know, if, before you know it, we'll, they'll have a vaccine, they'll, you know, where it'll, we can get back to some sense of normalcy. So once again, just thank you so much for listening, supporting Canada Speaks Podcast, and have a safe, safe evening and a safe week. Thank you.